to the Be The Light Crown Edition podcast. I'm Hannah Frey, your host and pageant queen extraordinaire. Fun fact, while most people are resistant to change, I'm excited by it. So this podcast is designed to allow me to be the light for others. By sharing my experiences across countless topics where I demolished my fears, prejudice, expectation, and rebuilt brick by brick. My hope is I can encourage you to seek knowledge, implement change, and above all, trust in God. So let's get to it. It's time for some you time. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Be The Light Crown Edition podcast. I'm Hannah Frey. So excited that you're here today. Today's episode will be a little unique. We are going to talk about my heart story or in other words, my why, what drives me, my history with making big changes, bold moves. And then we'll kind of talk through uh, steps and tricks that uh, you can do to make changes in your life, uh, any changes that you want to make. So whether that's under physical, mental, or spiritual health, we're kind of going to cover it all today. So let's go ahead and dive in. Um, Again, if you're new here, if you don't know me, I definitely have a unique history and we we don't have enough time to talk through all of it. However, um, I, I did make some pretty bold moves early on in life. And the first one that I wanted to share with y'all is when I quit medical school. And I will tell anyone that this is one of the best things I ever could have done for myself. It was really the first time that I finally took into consideration what I want, what was going to make me happy. And the first time that I was finally able to really identify that intuition and those nagging thoughts in my head that were like, even though you're excelling at this, because I was top of my class, okay, I didn't drop out because I failed out. And, and even if that were the case, you know, that still doesn't mean there's anything wrong with this. But even though you're good at this, Hannah, it doesn't mean that it brings you joy. And it doesn't mean that it brings you happiness. And what I want to encourage each of you early on is to listen to that voice. And as as loud as it can be, I want you to think through what's best for you and your family and not really worry as much about what the world's going to think, what your family is going to think, because ultimately that's not what matters. And in my scenario, don't worry. I had plenty of people to disappoint. I was the first person in my family on both sides to go to college. Okay. And I did graduate college, right? I got a degree in biology and anthropology, which is what led me to go to medical school. And so, so that's great. And everyone, you know, is primarily coming from a lower middle class um, or growing up very poor. My family, personally, we had lots of times where we would definitely be considered poor or very lower middle class. And there was this big weight on my shoulders. You know, Hannah, you are smart. You are capable. This is a profession where you can make money and have security in your life. And having that security was something I really craved deeply and is a big reason why I, I... clung to the idea of being a doctor was going to solve all my problems. Um, Not to say that I didn't enjoy helping people because I do. That is still something that I very much enjoy doing. Hence, I mean, let's think about the podcast, right? But there are so many ways that you can help folks, you can encourage folks that don't just fall into a single bucket. So it it took time, right? I mean, let's let's think about four years of undergrad, okay? Getting a degree in biology. Um, You know, there there were moments that I loved that and a lot of great Things came out of my undergraduate career and was at a sorority. I made great friends. 
you know, I learned a lot and then I, I go to medical school. Okay, so I chose to travel abroad. I didn't have that opportunity in undergrad. I was always working too many jobs and it just was never financially feasible. So when I heard of the opportunity to go to medical school abroad, I was like, heck yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. So I went to med school in St. Vincent and the Grenadines, which is in the Caribbean. And it's actually a third world country, but still very beautiful. Um, there, there are plenty of folks do vacation there uh, in the neighboring islands, but where we were at was very poor, low income, which had its benefits, right? So being in medical school, we could practice early on, uh, have those, you know, free clinics and what have you. And again, I was, I was doing really well, but early on, there was like this pit in my chest and in my stomach, like this tightness of my chest that just didn't go away with sleep. It, it didn't seem to be directly tied to like the test or you know the the skill lessons that we were doing it was like this ever-present growing and mounting pressure and I, I hope no one's ever had to experience that but if you have um, it's a it's a very good indication that your body and your mind and God is telling you it's time to make a change and there was finally a moment about eight months in where I was like that's it uh, I can't do this anymore and I, I just made the decision I booked a ticket I told my professors, look, I'm dropping out. This isn't for me. All those conversations were hard. My fiance at the time, my husband now, was back in the States because he couldn't, you know, work on the island. And, you know, we that completely changed the tra trajectory of what he was doing for his year. Everyone in my family, of course, thought I failed out, assumed I was a failure, kind of wrote me off, didn't speak to me. I mean, it it was a lot. But I tell you, I was never happier. And I came back from, from medical school, from the island, as I like to say, no job lined up. Okay. No apartment lined up. I mean, I had my, my fiance, which was great, couldn't live where he was at. So we both had to find a new place because he had roommates, I, you know, um, so his place was full. Little to no money, right? I had put all these expensive flights on my credit card. Credit cards are maxed out. By the way, we're engaged. We were also planning a wedding. So we completely shifted our focus from planning a wedding for two years out to, to now a lot sooner. And it was mass chaos, okay? There was a lot. But it always felt right. Like everything, every choice that we made, it felt, it felt good. It felt right. It just validated that this is what I was meant to do, okay? That leads me on to like the career that I have now, which I love. I love what I do. I love my job. I work very like broadly in email marketing. Okay, I work for an ESP, email service provider, that is a platform that hosts uh, people's email marketing and I do deliverability, which double bonus points if you know what that word even means. But that's what I do, so very niche. So, okay, so how does, how does one get from, you know, in 2015, to having no job and a med school dropout to now, you know, less than 10 years later, just flourishing in my career and, and really finding myself. And that's what I want to share with y'all. Those moments, those choices, and kind of how I felt empowered to, to make big changes. Okay, so that was the first one, like biggie, right? Um, and that I think that was like, a little addicting to me. I was like, wow, I did that. Like, mind you that the, the island was like 3,000 miles away from home. Okay, so this is this is major, a major move there and back. Um, so let's talk about the next big change that I made. So I end up, long story short, I worked at Verizon for a little bit, just like find me a job where I can talk to people. Like, that's great. <laughs> and then I, by 
just total God's intended plan, right? There was someone who worked at Verizon who was like, I've always thought about getting into medical sales. And I didn't even know what that was. I was like, what, what is that? Like, I, I, so I did, did some research and I found a company that was hiring in Columbia, Missouri, which is where I was at at the time, and got the interview and, and got that job. And that was just like a light bulb moment for me. I'm like, oh, oh, there are other jobs in healthcare related to like my background. Like maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. And made a lot more money. So that was a little bit more money. So that was great. And did that for a few years. Okay, so fast forward to uh, Skylar and I are married. We buy our first home. Okay, I get a new car. We get a dog or two. I'm not sure if we had Lily and Leo yet. But like, we're vibing, right? Like, we're not talking kids yet or anything like that. We live in Columbia, Missouri. It's a few years, say one and a half years that we own the home or close to two years that we owned the home. Okay, so this is a few years after coming back from med school. And I'm getting that feeling again. Y'all, it's just, it takes a little bit of work to to identify this feeling. Um, It was just like, there's more for you out there, Hannah. It, It was almost like this voice in my head. It wasn't God speaking directly to me because at the time I didn't have the Holy Spirit in my heart. I, I firmly believe that we were not going to church regularly. We, we were not praying regularly. We were not honoring God as we should have. But still, in some way, right, there was this voice in my head and it's like, Hannah, you're, you're not done. And so one of my very best friends, Jenny, lives in outside Chicago where right? we were sorority sisters in college. And she tells me about the company she's working for. And she's like, it, almost certainly as a joke, right? just offhandedly was like, oh my gosh, like you should apply for this job that I'm at, LOL, and move to Chicago. And I think I looked at her and I was like, okay. Like it just, it just was immediately like, wow, that, that would be amazing. Right. But what rational person would do that? Skylar's got a job that he likes, right? We've just bought our first home, which we, we like, you know, we've got dogs, we've got a new car. Like that is just terrifying. But Again, it's just, I'm excited by change. I was excited to, to learn and see what it can mean for me. And taking the steps towards change doesn't have to be risk, okay? And it doesn't have to be scary. So what I want to encourage you is just write out the steps and decide like where where is it a no-go? Okay, what are your non-negotiables? So for me, it was the initial idea of like, would we be happy, as a family, like outside Chicago, like, is that working in downtown Chicago? Like, is that even feasible? Okay. So have that conversation with the relevant parties. In this case, my husband could just do the interview, right? Like, do I like the job? Do the interview, just feel it out. You can always say no, that does not commit you. Okay. Until you sign that offer letter. And even that I'm sure you, you can back out. Determine if financially it makes sense. If you guys are willing to take the risk, Guys, again, worst case, you uproot, you move to Chicago. It did require selling our home, right? And then going back to renting. Okay, you hate it. Move back to Columbia, Missouri. Like once you start to list out, and and we'll go into this more whenever I talk through my instructions of like what to do, but truly once you list out, like what are you actually afraid of? It becomes less scary. Okay, I think at most what I was afraid of is people thinking I was crazy. Well, that in and of itself is insane. Who cares, right? You should do what is best for you and your family. And 
I think I was still coming off the heels of like, wow, people still think I'm a failure from quitting med school. And I'm just had this drive to prove that I'm that I'm worthy. And, and that really shouldn't be how we operate, right? The, the only person that we have to worry about whatsoever is Jesus. <laughs> okay, he's the only one that matters. All right, let me just let me just be clear. But we all have those thoughts, right? Of, of, of what people think of us. Okay. So, so long story short, do the interview, love the company, love, you know, we decided to sell our house. We, we move into it, by the way, absolute crap hole of a rental in like a super crappy suburb of Chicago. Just hilarious. We, we just didn't know. Skylar didn't have a job lined up when we moved. You know, there was just a lot. And we were okay with that. Again, that was part of the risk. Like, we're going to be coming from a house that we love to, to a crappy rental. Okay. Nothing's permanent, right? So I'm there for a year and a half. The whole time loving what I'm doing, company goes under. Okay. This happens to both Jenny and I, right? We were still both working at the same company. She lands a great job. I land a great new job. Okay. Everything's fine. Um, we, we find an area of Northwest Indiana outside Chicago, which yes, they are commutable. And we buy, uh, an, another home. We buy our second home, which perfect starter home. We decide to start our family. Okay. So this is 2017. And as soon as, as soon as Everett starts crawling, which by the way, was at a freakishly young age of like four months, kid you not was army crawling across the carpet. Like, and I didn't know. I'm like, oh, this is normal. By the way, it's not. He he was just a beast when it came to mobility. I don't know. We were like, oh, our house is too small. <laughs> so then we moved to Munster, Indiana, which was the next town over. So like, was not a big move. Um, better schools, because again, we were thinking like longevity, like, oh, we got to move to the place with the better public schools. Okay. So so now you're kind of caught up. So I'm at this company. I'm I'm commuting into the city every day. Okay. It is an hour and 15 minutes one way. Was a non-issue before we had kids. Okay. So before kids, I would wake up. I would just go straight to the train, right? Then I would do my hair. I would do my makeup. I would, you know, eat my breakfast, drink my coffee, work, get on social media, whatever. When you have kids, your mornings are not your own, especially when they're younger. So you have to get other kids up. You have to, or at this point, one kid breastfeed. You have to get them to daycare, which adds additional time because it's the opposite direction. I mean, it was miserable. I, I so we're, we're kind of coming into like this final big transition that most of you are more familiar with because this is more, a more recent transition, which is our move from Chicago to, to the South to Mississippi. Okay. So I just like kind of laying the scene here. So, so in addition to the, like the commute was difficult, right? I, I couldn't work full time. I had to, I had to do a thing called intermittent FMLA, which was just work 34 hours a week, I think, and only get paid 34 hours a week. But that allowed me to leave for the train like an hour earlier than my day was supposed to end because the trains only ran at certain times and I had to get home in time to grab him, to, to feed him. To... So it was just very stressful. In addition to ever didn't sleep, he sucked at it. Sorry, Everett, you did. He was not a good napper. He was not a good sleeper. I additionally, from the to the day that he was born, suffered from severe postpartum anxiety. And what I would say is postpartum rage occasionally, which didn't really come until later. Um, more when I was like weaning off breastfeeding, which by the way is, is common. Uh, they don't tell you about that. Haha. <laughs> They like to just surprise you with that one. Like, by the way, as soon as you have a baby, things are weird. But then they don't remind you that, oh, and when you stop breastfeeding, especially like suddenly, things can also get worse. So 
just a little fun fact for you. So suffering from severe postpartum anxiety, uh, I had never been around kids. I had no concept, right? Like, do I think that just because I wasn't around kids doesn't mean that I shouldn't have become a mother? No, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that I had no idea what to expect. And my husband had no idea what to expect. And so, and in that area, we know we had a few friends, but it wasn't like I had a tribe, okay? I didn't have family. My best friend, Jenny, was still an hour almost an hour and a half away. And we did our best, you know, to, to support one another. But um, ultimately, what I was hearing a lot from friends and family was that there's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with you. This is normal. And I hated every day. Like, just waking up was hard. I couldn't fathom getting through another day especially during maternity leave I it it was torture and then going back to work I was tortured by the fact that I would rather be at work than being a mom and you know to this day struggle struggle with those thoughts um and so so my mental health was just like in the crapper (laughs) okay I also didn't have great health practices, uh, like physical health. My diet wasn't great. It was definitely compensating with a lot of junk food and at the time didn't have little to no research on like proper nutrition, like really true proper nutrition, not just like what the FDA is like shoving down our throat, which is largely inaccurate, but that's for another day. Um, so I, I know that that had an impact. I was not working out. There was no time. Um, I, I mean, I do think I attempted to go to the gym at work sometimes, but then I couldn't because I, the little extra time that I had, I had to spend, you know, pumping and my supply was down. And so it was just this constant cycle. Then this is the, you know, the early era of the, the perfect life syndrome, right? On Pinterest and on Instagram and on Facebook where there's all these moms with like their seven kids and they're, they're doing fine. They're handling motherhood so gracefully. Their homes are always perfect and, and clean. And they have these perfectly nutritious meals that, by the way, their kids also eat. Because another fun thing about in my household is it ever, never ate anything that I prepared, you know, once he was eating solids. Um, you know, their kids are always happy and in matching outfits. And I was over here just, like, sobbing at my inadequacies, right? Just... Well, I don't even check one of those boxes. Okay. So you're getting a good picture. Um, Then, you know, we go through our first winter as parents, which folks should really, again, they should really just prepare moms for that first winter. I don't care where you live. If there is a period of time where you are essentially forced to be indoors and cannot go outside with your kids, just pray for those moms. Okay. It is harder than it should be, especially if you're in a smaller home, okay? Like, what do you do? You're just, you're stuck inside. You're stir crazy. It is like the literal definition of isolation, okay? On top of, you know, as you can imagine, that all this tension and all these issues that I was having was not bowing well for my marriage, okay? Skylar and I were fighting. We were not seeing eye to eye, we really just weren't talking. I was really suffering in silence. And I know that he was suffering as well from seasonal depression, which I think we all were. And we just, we didn't have God in our marriage. We did not have God in our lives. And so, so that's adding to the, to the pile of crap. We've got a pretty big pile at this point. 
I mentioned Everett not sleeping well, horribly colicky throughout all of his, you know, um, younger years, had ear infections borderline indefinitely, okay, and uh, acid reflux, and I mean, just always sick, okay. Then the pandemic hits, and if you think it couldn't get any worse, newsflash, it did. It got so much worse, okay? So now there's like complete isolation. So even in the warm one, warm months, right? So the pandemic hit in March, if you recall. So like we're just coming off of like six months of isolation thanks to winter in Chicago, which by the way lasts like for freaking ever. Then, you know, it hits March, April. We've got almost a one-year-old who's now walking, super active. Just kidding. You can't do anything outside because everything's closed. Y'all, it that was it for me. Just utterly wanted to throw in the towel. Like, nothing was working. None of it. So that was rock bottom. Okay. I love this saying, drastic times call for drastic measures. And I am sure that that is some cheesy saying from like a Marvel movie. I don't know. If you do know, please write it in the comments, the the original, um, where the origination is of that saying. But truly, it was like drastic times and it was time for drastic measures. Was it divorce? No, we don't believe in divorce, okay? Was it move again? Was it, we, we just didn't know. Um, adding to that pile, oh, I almost forgot. I was pregnant again because <laughs> we really wanted to have kids two years apart. And so we did. And so that winter, okay, the day before Christmas, so pandemic hits in March. We, we, we suffer through summer, get back into winter. Pandemic's still very scary and weird and changing every day. The day before Christmas is when Skylar and I really had that conversation. Like, it's time. It It's now or never. You know, we, we announced, um, I was eight weeks pregnant pregnant on New Year's. Okay. So we had just found out that we were pregnant and probably was like, if we're going to make a change, this, we have to do it now. Okay. So we got in touch with uh, a realtor and we decided we, we kind of looked at a map and we were like, where do we want to live? Right. My company had, um, I forgot to mention, my company had just announced like, hey, you can be remote indefinitely. We don't care if you ever come back in the office. So I kind of had this green light to, to move wherever I wanted to. Skylar could find a job anywhere. Was eight weeks pregnant. Like, let's go. Let's pick anywhere that we want to be and just start over. And a lot of folks, I think, don't believe me when they're like, well, why did you move to South Haven, Mississippi? I'm like, we picked a place on a map. And I get blank stares. And I'm like, Quite literally, we picked a place on a map. We didn't want to be like in Florida where it's hot, like melt your face off hot. We wanted to still have the four seasons. We wanted to be close to the Midwest-ish where most of our family is. We wanted to be near an airport. Okay, so it, that kind of narrowed it down for us. But like legitimately, this was, it was like Memphis has an airport. Great, let's, let's live outside Memphis. We flew there in February, I want to say. And we drove around this big circle and, and hit all these major cities like around Memphis, like up towards Lakeland and Arling Lakeland and Arlington and over Ola Branch and back around to Memphis. And we were like, great, it's vibing. We like it. Let's go. <laughs> and that was truly it. So that was in February. By April, we had, or I think it was in March, almost on Skylar's birthday, we listed the home. We had had it sold and we're moving by April 15th. And talk about moving fast, right? So I just want to encourage you that you 
are capable of change as well. Okay, so I wanna talk you through how to do that. Um, first, let's talk through the find the light pieces. Okay, so first off, make a list of what's working well and what makes you happy, and then make a list of what isn't working well and what is leading to stress and anxiety. I just listed mine out more than I probably ever should share publicly, but I really want to be honest with y'all and transparent because this is this is the work that has been going on in my heart and this is what has drove me to to make the changes that have ultimately really blessed me. So so some things for example that I wrote down. We hated being stuck inside. Hated it. How can we fix that? Well, we can't change the weather in Chicago, but we can move somewhere where the weather's better, right? I grieved not having strong relationships in the area. Like I said, I I don't want to negate that I had some friends in the area because I did, but I didn't have the sense of community that I have found here in the church. And that was partly because we weren't going to church in that area as well. How can I fix that? Well, you know, I could could continue to to work on the, the beginning relationships that I had, or I could just move to an area and really commit myself to finding circles where relationships were prioritized. Okay. Skylar was in love in his job. He was not respected. He was not um, treated well. And so, you know, for him, it was like, I need to work for someone or work someplace that values family. And that was something that he needed to change. Okay, so that's that's your exercise. Then I want you to list out, like I mentioned, all the possible solutions the sky is the limit. I don't care at this point if it makes sense or it's financially too hard or just list out all the possible solutions. Worst case, best case, everything in between. Um, And then next to each of those list out best and worst case scenario. Okay, so now you have a list of everything that's working well, everything that's not working well with specific examples. You are going to list out then some possible solutions. And if you were to implement those solutions, Best case and worst case scenario. Okay. So some things that we had a list is like, all right, well, if we go to sell our house, worst case, we can't get rid of it. Now, if you remember the housing market um, last year, this was not, (laughs) this was really not an issue, but it was still a concern that we had and we had to be okay with, okay, we can't get approved for another home until we sell this home. So are we okay with renting? Okay. So you, you do have to write that stuff out, but as soon as you verbalize it, it becomes a lot less scary. And and then you can start working towards, you know, solutions. Okay. In terms of being the light. So, so maybe you're closer to where I'm at, where it's like, I I don't need to make any big changes. Um, I'm really just trying to, to find smaller things that I can improve, or I already have the same philosophy as you, Hannah, and you know, what are some tips that you have? So, so in this regard, um, I would just prioritize things for, things from biggest impact to smallest. Okay, nobody has infinite time on their hands to, to, to make progress and to make changes. So just prioritize biggest impact to smallest. Uh, and this can be for big things, small things, what have you. I'll give you an example. So one thing that I was hating about our house that we live in, okay, was in the dining room. We had this uh, rug under the dining room table that the dogs tended to have accidents on because they just aren't, <laughs> aren't on team keep house clean. Also, it's where the kids ate. So it was just constantly messy. And I just found myself being so miserable every day, like being in the dining room in general and just like looking at it, right? And I'm like, this is impacting my mood every single meal time. Like that is a big chunk of my time. Okay, so my possible solutions, right? Like get rid of the rug, get rid of the dogs, get rid of the kids. Okay, 
So most likely option is going to be get rid of the rug, right? Well, I found a rug that I could throw in the washing machine. Okay, so this just took the task of if it, you know, if it does get messy, if we can't kind of curb the behavior, which you can't keep kids from throwing stuff on the floor sometimes, and you want to have a rug because the rug aesthetic makes you happy, like then throw the rug in the washing machine. And I just decided to invest the money in an expensive rug that could that you could throw in the washer. Okay, so that's just an example. Next, I want you to uh, just to do research um, and and ask your your circle for advice, right? Don't be afraid to put stuff out there, whether it's on social media, whether it's in person, like, hey, I'm dealing with this thing, what do you think? Or like, have you ever, you know, come across this before? Community groups are great for that if you're tuned into one. Social media is a great place for that, right? And then lastly, I want to encourage you to share your progress. Some of the best uh, feedback, advice, and the, the best compliments that I've ever gotten were that Hannah, I just love that you're being vulnerable and honest with like your progress with your fitness journey or with your, you know, your food journey or with your, your home renovation. It's so inspiring. And like, it wasn't the end result that inspired folks to, to make changes in their lives. It was the progress. Okay. So if you're ready to be the light for others, share your progress, share your why behind making changes. And it's really going to empower folks to do the same. Okay. I know this was a bit of a longer episode than usual, but we had a lot to cover. So just to recap, I really shared my heart and really shared um, some very intimate details of my journey, some of the big changes that I've had in my life, just again, to be vulnerable and to be honest that no one has a perfect life, regardless of where they're at. Never compare your middle or your start to somebody else's end ever, 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 okay? And I gave you some practical advice for starting to evaluate where you might want to make changes, where you don't want to make changes in terms of what's working well, and then how you can build on that. So if this has been helpful, if you are already thinking of some big things that you want to tackle, or maybe you want some help workshopping through how do I address this? Or I just can't think of possible solutions. I would love to do that for you. I would love to to help you with that. Feel free to, to comment or message me directly if you follow me on Instagram and we will work through that together. So thank you so much. Again, just want to close in prayer and we'll be done for the day. Dear God, thank you so much again for the courage to share my journey and to share, you know, what worked well with me. And I just thank you so much for always walking alongside me throughout my entire life, even when it was so clear that I um, was not loving you as I should and was not, um, did not feel that grace in that moment. And just thank you for continuing to walk alongside me and to give me the courage and the strength to, to share my story, to hopefully impact others and encourage them to make changes in their life as well. Again, with ultimately knowing that you are in control of everything and we should um, never worry about tomorrow. We should always just trust in your vision and, and learn to pray and listen to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.